Today on the newscast is Israel stepping into its biblical destiny as a light unto the nations and becoming an energy and water superpower. Get my take next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. We start today with some breaking news out of Russia. A signing ceremony was held today, attended by Vladimir Putin, announcing the formal annexation of those four provinces in eastern Ukraine. I'm talking about Luhansk, Kherson, Donetsk, and Zaporizhia. I hope I'm pronouncing that last one right. Nevertheless, all four are now considered, by Russia at least, to be a part of Mother Russia. This is now Russian territory in Vladimir Putin's view. And again, he announced it today. There was a signing ceremony. He also made some very noteworthy comments, folks. He once again bemoaned the fall of the Soviet Union, which Putin has done in the past as well. He once called the fall of the Soviet Union the greatest geopolitical catastrophe of the 20th century. So it tells you where this ex-KGB man is coming from. But secondly, Putin blamed the sabotage of the Nord Stream 2 pipelines this week. We covered it on Wednesday's newscast. If you missed it, you can check it out here in our archives. It was actually a live stream where we discussed the leaks of Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2, natural gas leaking from those from holes in those pipelines into the Baltic Sea. Those pipelines, of course, running from Russia to Europe. And there, it's been a big mystery so far. Some are saying Russia did it. And now Russia is saying, no, no. The West, the United States, they did it. Putin squarely put the blame for the Nord Stream sabotage today on the West, and the West is saying it was Russia. We may never have all the facts about what exactly went down with those Nord Stream pipelines and the sabotage there. Although they were not pumping gas at the time, they have not been pumping any gas into Europe for Nord Stream 1 since August 2022. Nord Stream 2 had not sent any gas into Germany from Russia yet. Nevertheless, Europe is in the grip of an energy crisis right now, folks. Europe had depended on Russia for some 40% of its energy supply. That's now out the window, obviously, with everything going on in Ukraine and Russia and Europe clearly at loggerheads in a way that they haven't been since the Cold War. So Europe right now is looking for energy alternatives worldwide to make up for that Russian oil and natural gas. And as we've reported here in the newscast, Europe is looking squarely at the eastern Mediterranean region, in particular Israel. Now, the European Union and Israel came to a deal in June, as we reported here in the newscast, where Israel will now supply natural gas to Europe via Egypt. They will send it on to Europe It's not going to be an overnight thing. It'll probably take a little while to get it off the ground. But Israel will make up at least some of the loss of Russian natural gas that Europe has suffered. Israel has increased its output, its energy output, by 22% already this year. A very big deal. And they're ready to start excavating that Karish natural gas field in the Mediterranean as well over the objections and threats of Hezbollah, as we've told you here in the newscast in previous weeks. Nonetheless, Israel is becoming a natural gas powerhouse, without a doubt, 
perhaps will help to solve this European energy crisis. Again, Israel can't make all, up all of that Russian natural gas, but it can make up some, enough maybe to move the needle for Europe. That's number one that we want to discuss here today, but we also wanted to discuss number two, Israel becoming a water superpower. Yes, smack dab in one of the driest regions in the world, the Middle East, Israel is blessing the world when it comes to solving water shortages, clean drinking water. It's a story you may not have heard, but we covered it recently with a top Israeli official working on this issue on the Watchman Show on TBN from Jerusalem. Take a look. Well, Yezekiel, thanks so much for joining us here on a beautiful night in Jerusalem, talking about an increasingly important issue here in the region, water stability. How is water and maybe the lack thereof, becoming a major issue in the Middle East with Israel at the forefront of solving the problem. Well, Eric, it's my pleasure being here this beautiful evening in Jerusalem. I think we are living in historic times, tremendous times. I think that we can use the water to be a bridge for peace between Israel and our neighbors. You know, when I was a little child, we were grown up on the belief that we don't have enough water in the region for everyone. We live in the Middle East. It's hot, it's dry, semi-arid area. We don't have enough water. So we always, there was a belief that one day a war will start because of the lack of enough water for everyone. But I think that after decades of having a sustainable water economy here in Israel, we can share our knowledge between our neighbors, our new friends like United Emirates, Bahrain and Morocco, and of course, our previous neighbors uh, like Jordan and Egypt to bring enough water to everyone. Israel managed to build a sustainable water economy, although the not easy area that we live in, and we'll be very happy to share this knowledge to help everyone to uh, face their climate change problems or challenges. Jordan, a very interesting water agreement between Israel and Jordan. Tell us more about that. First, according to the peace agreement between Israel and Jordan, Israel supplies every year about between 40 to 50 million cubic meters a year from the Sea of Galilee. Now, during the years, the Jordan Kingdom, who suffers from water scarcity due to a lot of refugees from Syria and due, of course, to the climate in Jordan, they suffer from water scarcity and they need more and more water. So during the years, Israel was supplying a, a certain amount of water more than the peace agreement. A uh, few months ago, the Jordan Kingdom came to us and asked for another quantity of 15 million cubic meters. And uh, about uh, two months ago, we signed uh, an agreement to supply for the coming few years another 50 million cubic meters. But then in uh, United Emirates, uh, my minister, Karine Larar, had signed with Jordan in United Emirates and United States an MOU, an agreement, it's not an agreement, it's like a, a memorandum for understanding that Israel will buy uh, solar uh, electricity uh, from Jordan and will try to find ways to supply more water to the Jordan Kingdom. It's amazing to see Israel, I would, I would use the word blessing these other nations, its Arab neighbors, and 
Jordan is one, obviously, but the Abraham Accords nations, obviously exciting what's happening there. Talk about some of the water cooperation between Israel, the UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, as you mentioned, and other Abraham Accords nations. About a year ago, I myself went to Morocco and signed the agreement in the water issues between Israel and Morocco. It was very exciting for me. It was the first flight from Israel to Morocco. It was for myself, it's exciting, you know, something to tell to the children and grandchildren of course and as far as we know in United Emirates there is a very high level uh, water uh, water economy still every state every country suffers or has its own uh, challenges so I think it's very good it's very important that all the region will find ways for cooperation collaboration between the countries in order to share the knowledge that everyone gained in the last few decades uh, I think of a place like Yemen where they're running out of water, essentially. But talk about the, the drinking water, uh, the cleanliness, I would say, of the drinking water and what Israel is doing to combat that as well. Well, in Israel, you can find every tap, open the tap and drink fresh water 24-7. I mean, for us, it looks very natural because, you know, we were grown up on this uh, situation. But bringing water to every household, to every tap, clean water, is not easy. Israel built during the years five desalination plants. All of them supply about 80% of the drinking water. And, you know, three years ago, we had uh, five years of drought, one, one year after the other. The Sea of Galilee, the Kinneret, was in very bad shape. All the aquifers were in very bad shape. We set up a target eight years from now. In the year 2030, we're going to have the ability to desalinate 1.1 billion cubic meters a year. We're building now two new desalination plants. We'll have seven in about uh, three or four years, and we'll build more and more desalination plants. We see that the population in Israel is growing. The needs are growing all the time. The level of living is rising all the time. We need more and more water for industry, for drinking, yeah. for agriculture. And of course, the needs of our neighbors, like Jordan, is rising all the time. That's why we have to pray every day for rain, as we do here, yeah. but still we have to help ourselves and build more and more desalination plants. And between May and October, it's not raining all that much here in Israel uh, or in the Middle East. Hey, you're obviously blessing your Arab neighbors uh, with Israel's cutting edge water technology and innovation. What about places like India and other nations around the world? You're exporting this great technology and helping people around the world too. We signed a few agreements with different countries, such as India, other countries in the world, in order to share the knowledge that we gained in the last uh, few decades. I myself visited India a few times. We showed them the Israeli model of sustainable water, water economy. They are very interested in this, in this issue because about 70% of the Indian residents deal with uh, agriculture. Israel has a lot of farmers, very high-level agriculture here in Israel, and we are trying to find ways of cooperation between countries. India is a huge country. Uh, one, one of drinking the water issues with clean water. Exactly. And we'll be very happy to share our knowledge. I'm sure we'll also be able to learn from their challenges, their experts. I think that changing and replacing, exchanging knowledge and challenges will help everyone to give 24-7 water, fresh water supply to everyone. Amazing. Folks, a few things here. Number one, the book of Deuteronomy says that Israel will be the head of the nations and not the tail. Secondly, Isaiah talks about Israel 
being a light unto the nations. And I truly believe that Israel is stepping into that prophetic destiny now in real time in these Bible times in which we are living, blessing the world through energy, uh, through water innovation. And I think this is only the beginning. I think even greater things will come. And Israel's presence, this tiny nation, the size of the state of New Jersey, will be increasingly felt worldwide in these Bible times. Hey, one last thought before we go. If you like that clip from Jerusalem and you want to see more like it, be sure to tune in to the Watchman TV show on TBN every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and Fridays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. If you like the newscast here on YouTube, you will love our 30-minute weekly show filmed on the ground most of the time in Israel and points beyond in the Middle East. So check that out. Also, if you want to become a Watchman News Channel premium member, which means you'll get the exclusive first look at every new episode of The Watchman Show before it hits the air on TBN, just go to our homepage here on the channel and click join. It's a good offer. And hey, you help to keep us on the air and keep us going here at The Watchman Newscast, which we really appreciate. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Until next time, God bless you. And remember... Never hold your peace.